Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the High Quality Fun podcast. Um, I, I, since it's one of the first episodes, I want to kind of explain what, what the premise is behind this deal. And I hope you guys like it. Uh, I have a, a guest here that I'll introduce here shortly. But the, the point of the, the High Quality Fun podcast and brand is we want to bring on people and, and share stories that we consider high quality. Um, I, I got this idea somewhere, all my friends seem to like it, and the premise behind it is that there are people that go and do these, these adventures that they know are going to be hard, they know there's going to be struggles, they know they're going to be in crappy situations, and they do it anyways, because when you come back, these are the, these are the things that you're going to talk about for years and years and years, um, and they're going to kind of you know, define the things that you, you tell people. And then uh, there's like low quality fun, which is things like you go to Cedar Point, right? It's a great time. You go there, have a good time. But after that weekend, after you tell people what you did that one weekend, you never really talk about it again. So we want to hear these stories where, you know, people went through some stuff and signed up for some crap and they came out on the other side of a bigger and better person. Um, so that's the promise behind it. Uh, our first guest is Joey. Joey, how you doing? I'm excited to have you here. I'm very excited to be here, man. I'm doing well tonight. I love it. Joey and I used to used to both work together at Ford. Um, we roomed together for a while. Um, he actually lived with my wife and I before we were married. Um, and the story we're going to kind of dive into is uh, when he decided to go back to school for his master's, he decided to move from Michigan back to Denver or over out to Denver. And instead of just flying out there, driving out there, um, he opted to essentially camp for a month and drive out there with his dog. And so one and a half months, one and a half months, two and a half, months. two and a half months. Okay. Okay. It's been a while since we talked about that. What'd you say? It was five years ago. Five years. So, I mean, before we, before we get started, is there anything you want to tell about yourself? Otherwise we can kind of jump right into it. Let's just dive in. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I remember, I remember you were talking about this. You you were kind of getting burnt out on Ford, I think, and you just had this idea. Like, I think I'm gonna go back to grad school. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what kicked off this idea, right? Yeah. Um, I have found in my life that I, I go through about four year cycles where I need to make big dramatic changes. Um, and sure thing about year three uh, and forward, I was getting bored and finding new interests in the world. And I was just like, I need to go back. I need to switch up. So I looked for a master's program that made a fit for me. Um, and I knew I had to do something big in between my life change. Uh, this wasn't a, a short term leaving Detroit. It was going to be something that was forever. And so I wanted to make it memorable. And that's this trip. Yeah, I know you were looking at like a lot of different colleges around the world. You ended up settling on Denver. And was was it always your intention to turn this into a big trip? Or did that kind of come after you decided to go to grad school there? I don't think I really knew until the last few months. Uh, I think you knew that. <laughs> you experienced that. Everything was kind of just coming together very last minute. Um, I had to take the GRE at the very closing uh, week, I believe. 
was the, it was the very last week you were able to even take it to be able to test in for the next fall um and then within the next couple of months i was just like okay how do i get over there uh, and the trip the camping trip was born yeah when you uh when you i remember when you got accepted and decided you were going out there and you decided you were going to do this your original goal was to build a teardrop camper and uh i was like all right that sounds like a ton of work good for you you know we live in the same house i'm happy to help with whatever you need and uh how, how'd that go for you joey not not well um <laughs> uh, we what i've learned immediately was that those things are actually quite expensive i kind of figured i'd buy a shell and it would be a grand or two and it was more along the lines of seven eight um, and electrical still would have had to been built out and everything and so i had to start looking elsewhere yeah i kind of remember like i don't know it was like two months till you had to leave it was one month till you had to leave I'm like joey yeah. you have been planning this build forever but you haven't actually started something how easy do you think this is going to be and then uh i kind of proposed to you why don't you just buy a snowmobile trailer and you know set that up live in that for your trip as you moved out there um you had a you had a jeep that you towed it with and yeah i mean you, you spent a bunch of time looking for trailers with uh with some success until you finally came across one yeah um the first one i bought was a used one that i'll not talk about how much i actually spent on it um and it was full rusty uh i was just too excited i was i was jumping and i was young and i bought it dragged it home and immediately called you i think and i was like i made a mistake <laughs> uh and that guy just wouldn't take it back. the bucket there was just no way i was there's no way i was getting any worth out of that thing so unfortunately it took a huge loss right at the beginning uh, but luckily figured out that you were right. Those type of trailers in Michigan were not that expensive and I could afford one new uh, kind of in the budget that I was looking at. So that pretty much worked out pretty well. And I do think I was thinking, I was trying to rem remember how early I actually bought it. And I'm pretty sure it was about three weeks before I was leaving. I actually got a trailer that was worth a damn. Yeah, you were definitely on crunch time, but I know that right when you brought it home, you started you know, working on it, packing. Uh, do you want to kind of go into that, the planning phase and what you actually implemented into this camper? Yeah, I mean, this guy was bare bones. It was a five by 10 tier, or not teardrop, five by 10 trailer, all behind, all enclosed. Um, basically, the only thing I wanted to do was create a shelf that I could put a cot. I went and bought the bougiest cot I could get at REI. Um, and then I built a shelf so I could put it on top and I could store some storage bins under it. Um, and then I cut out a hole on top, put in a fan that was tied to a real cheapo um, solar panel so that that fan would just run and clear out some of the stank during the day. Um, and in the front, I put in uh, a hitch. Yeah, and I just kind of you bolted it to the front so that I just had a little extra storage at the front and I was carrying a spare tire and I want to say a, a, an extra cooler up there. 
And then I had a double hitch rack, and so I could carry my bike on the on a bike rack as well as uh, pull the trailer behind my Jeep. It actually turned out a pretty sweet little rig. Oh, I did also get kind of a ch really cheap uh, extendo poles that I, I put a tarp on so I would have a little bit of a cover whenever I was just stable. Yeah, and this trailer was, it's like for a single snowmobile, you drop the ramp down. Um, we'll we'll post some photos either on the website or on the Instagram account, but it's so you could just literally drive up the door into the, into the back. Didn't you also get like a screen that you put on the back? I did, yeah. And there was just like a like a bug spring screen that I could like just a magnet spring. leave it open and not be attacked by bugs, which turns out to be a very good idea, especially in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Did you put any lights or anything in there? I had a like a just a little cheap battery powered light up top that I think I ended up replacing a few times. But it was just enough to give me index enough light to, you know, do your things at night to get ready for bed. Dex was the the pup that was brought along for the ride. Um, oh, what was that? There was something else I was going to bring up. Oh yeah, so so you prepped this thing for the trip, and then I I've never seen these before. I'm sure everybody listening has at this point, but you got one of those uh, pod containers, and we lived in like not not so much a city but it was we definitely had like a wicked short driveway and so one day we just come home and there's this big old pod storage unit sitting in our driveway and uh, yeah he threw his life in that thing strapped it all down and then what they do is they just pick it up store it for a while and then on whatever date he sets they just drop it off at his new location in denver and he can unpack it and go from there so i, I thought that was pretty cool um yeah so uh when you started, like, did you have a whole route planned out? Like what it went into that route or did you kind of just wing it once you left the driveway? I had some very basics planned out. I knew I wanted to go up and I wanted to trace Lake Superior along the Upper Peninsula um, and into Minnesota. And then I figured I would basically just cut through all of the Central America because um, I didn't know that anything existed up there. I'm from Texas, so I didn't know anything about the North before <laughs> before I moved up there. Um, and then I wanted to hit a lot of Montana because I had seen Glacier National Park a fair amount and through pictures. Um, and I was going to come down through Utah and then come back from the west side of Colorado for the last bit and then arrive in Denver. And I had taken off from, from basically June 1st uh until i think i started school i want to say august 20th or so so i had a little over two months to go and figure figure just play around figure my life out yeah i, I mean i don't i would say just like go into it tell us how the trip started um you know ramble a little bit i'll, I'll cut you off if there's anything i want to pull on or if there's sure. any particular high quality fun story about how something went wrong, like we definitely want to want to pull on that a bit. Um, I might We're actually not here start... to hear your fun. We want to know how you struggled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I might actually start with the couple days before I left. Um, there's a wonderful festival in Detroit called Movement Festival, which we all love. It's through three days through Labor Day, and it's just 
full boots and cats the whole time. Boots and cats, house music. Um, and I wanted to do a big hurrah right before I left. I knew I was leaving literally the day after that weekend on June 1st. Um, but I wasn't going to miss it. Uh, and we had gone a couple years and I was like, we're just going to go after parties. We're going to start midnight one and we're going to go until probably eight every day. And so for the last three days, and keep in mind, I'm still packing and I am still, I think the pod was in the middle of that. I'm going all night to these warehouse parties. And then I would come home, I'd crash for like five hours and then I'd get up and I'd pack all day. It was truthfully miserable. I mean, it was a blast, but it was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna throw all my shit away. Um, somehow made it. Somehow pulled it off, took off the morning of June 1st, um, and I basically just beelined right up to Upper Peninsula. I remember I, I remember hitting the Mackinac Bridge and being like, oh, shit, <laughs> like a, I'm actually doing this. Uh, and it was a little, a little freaky because it was me and my dog, and I, you know, I had very few human interactions planned for those next couple months and I didn't know what it was gonna be like. I'm a very extroverted person, so I figured I'd be fine, but I'd never done anything like this. So it was pretty exquisite. Um, I shot right up to the coast. Um, some of y'all may be familiar with Pictured Rocks National National Park. If you don't, don't go there because it's blissfully quiet. Um, we were actually started, just there like two weeks ago. Yeah, nice. It is gorgeous. Yeah, I love it up there. Um, Much different. So started, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, started up there actually with a couple friends for the weekend. They came up there, um, and it kind of felt like a like a send off hurrah. Did some fun things. Got to really shake out the trailer for the first two few times. Actually, you know, looking back at pictures, I had nothing packed. Or, or really laid out in any way when I left <laughs> because I just kind of crammed everything in there. I was like, all right, we'll figure it out when we get. Um, and so the first weekend was a good shakedown. It was basically just figuring out if this trailer was even going to work. How, how do I want to lay it out? Is it comfortable? Can I make it comfortable? Um, it's cool to run around there. Um, I think the next significant event was a weekend. Um, I have a picture. I was, I was keeping a journal because uh, I, was, I was like, this is going to be something I want to be able to read back upon. And I have a picture where I'm on top of a, um, it was an overlook up in, I want to say Manatee area. I can't remember where I was exactly. And it's just a picture of my journal. And it just says we've officially had a week. And there's a sunset behind it. And I remember feeling so fucking free. I was like, damn, thank God. <laughs> everything that I had been fighting for, everything that I was trying to do, we're here. We've made it. Um, shit. Were you, you were uh, pretty much camping like every single time, right? So you, you, you didn't stay in like any hotels during all this trip, did you? I think during the entire two and a half months, I did a, cumulative week in hotels okay just recharging everything 
Yeah. And then was, was it all a couple uh, times? I didn't have a shower, so it was like a couple times. I was like, all right, this bag shower or like river showers are getting kind of old. Like, let's buy a motel. Did you do mostly bed. rustic camping, or was it like a combination of that and actual campgrounds? It was, and I want to say 80, 90% BLM land. Just okay. Just That's out really rough in that. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I didn't really want to pay anything. The whole goal was to keep it as cheap as possible. I already drive a Jeep, so the gas was going to be incredibly expensive. Uh, but yeah, we just out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I just kind of post up. Basically, I, I developed, and I'd say this took me about three weeks before I was like in the group, cause it was kind of stressful at first. So I didn't really have a have a rhythm to the whole thing. Um, but I developed kind of a formula where I would drive, when I, I, I would try to never drive more than eight hours in a day. So if I was going to a next destination, I'd try to make it reasonably close. I'd drive to the nearest city, I'd get in the coffee shop, I'd sit there and I'd say, okay, what kind of hikes do I wanna do? What kind of biking do I wanna do? What am I trying to check out, et cetera. And then I'd look for BLM land around there. And then I would just hike out to that fucking spot and just hope there was a spot to place my trailer. Um, and surprisingly, most of the time it worked. You know, I was always, always nervous in that last. It's like once you're, you're driving, you're fine. And it's like those last couple miles on like dirt road at, that you're like, man, I hope there's campsites where they say there's campsites. Or are you using like the, I'm trying to remember what the websites are, but we did a, we did a big truck camping trip. We didn't have a trailer. So the trailer adds a whole new dynamic to it because you can't turn around or anything. And uh, yeah, like I'd be driving, Chelsea would literally pull up the website and find just people, people recommending campsites, like BLM yeah. campsites. Freecampsites.net. Okay. Yeah. So we use the same thing. Yeah. super awesome if you guys ever get the chance like check it out it's very resourceful it looks super janky but it's it's legit yeah um and then there's, there's of course just going and asking the locals you know you just go and strike up conversation eventually on a trip like this you get pretty needy for human attention <laughs> and so you start striking up conversations with everyone um, and, of and it's course, something that's so interesting. Of, like everyone's always willing to help too. Oh, of course. They're like, "Oh, you want to you want to learn about our area?" They're like, "Of course. Here's what I love to do. Here's the most beautiful places." And you find some true gems just going and asking people. Did you? Uh, I feel like I I went to school up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and I like I'm sure I gave you a bunch of recommendations up there. I just don't remember where you stopped at. I did go up, so I went all the way uh, up the thumb. To the Copper, Copper Harbor. Copper Harbor. That's, uh, I got my, the first thing that always pops into my head when I think about that area is it's the buggiest place I think I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> even, even worse than Houston, Texas, which is pretty astounding. However, it's also the location maybe tied for Southern Utah that has the most beautiful stars of anywhere I've ever been. Um, actually, one of my favorite stories of that trip pops into my head. Um, I woke up one night in the middle of the night, probably like 2, 3 a.m., just kind of restless, couldn't go to sleep. So I drove out to a local to a local point. I can't remember what the beach is called, but you have to hike out to it. It's about a, about a mile hike. It's nothing crazy. Um, 
And so just me and my dog and I grabbed my big old blanket because it was pretty cold still this early June. Uh, and we hiked out and basically sat there and I saw the most incredible stars I've ever seen. I remember <laughs> stepping out because you're, you're hiking up kind of in forest and then you step out to the beach and I remember seeing the stars and I, I actually just broke down and I was crying. And I was just like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, and we sat there in a blanket until past sunrise and it was just holy crap you were there for a while yeah it was a couple of hours i think i might have nodded off a time or two but it was just so pretty and i was like wow damn this is free did you do any mountain biking up there i did actually by mount bohemia oh, there that's was cool. a few that's trails cool. i picked out i stayed i wanted to stay in one of the yurts but i ended up not jumping in so I think the I think the listeners need to know like uh, Dex his dog was so cool that we would mountain bike in Michigan, and he would just let him run without a leash. He'd just stick right between whatever two bikes he was and wouldn't bother any other riders. Would stick so close, and I don't know that dog listened so dang well. So yeah, that was probably really cool doing all that with him. That was incredible. Be I'm wondering if you went to. Was it High Rock Bay that you went to when you did the uh, the stars? That sounds extremely familiar. Really like the tip of the thumb? Yeah, it was like the very tip. Okay, that's awesome. Because I, I was standing they... like pretty much right at the edge, but almost on the other side from, I don't know, the, like the superior side. Um, and I was just on the other side, like right at the peak, looking that's out cool. north. That's awesome. I think yeah, we snowmobiled there the one time we went. <laughs> when I tore my Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You hurt yourself snowboarding, and then you still said, I'm still going snowmobiling, and you, like, babied your foot the whole time, but still enjoyed I it. I wasn't going to miss that. That was that was another very fun trip. All right. Uh, yeah. Keep going. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, that's all right. Um, shoot, after Copper Harbor, um, see, where did I go? There's that forest on the very east side of the Upper Peninsula, right before you hit Wisconsin. Uh, and I did a little bit of hiking in there. And then stayed at a, a spot in Wisconsin and man I am it's really good for kayaking it's right on the on the Lake Superior coast um, I am blanking on the name so I apologize but any of Wisconsinites probably know what this is uh, I met two girls there this is gonna maybe come up later in the story uh, I was randomly sitting there pretty douchily just playing my guitar by myself uh, and these two girls were there camping and they called me over and we just kind of hung out for the rest of the night. That was that for, you know, then. Um, but I got one of their numbers and she happened to live in Twin Cities. And <laughs> sure thing, when I got to Twin Cities, I ended up staying with her. She had a, she had a basement um, and she let me crash there. So that was like two of my actual bed nights of the entire trip. So that was a clutch. Clutch find. Um, 
Great girl. She was a doctor. Washed off all your stank. Yeah. 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 I was like, please don't smell me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a week and a half deep now. I remember um, we went on our, our trip and we had, we we landed when we did our truck camping kit trip. We landed in uh, California and Chelsea had some friends that lived there and we walked in their door. And they're like, can you please take your shoes off? I was like, I don't think you want us to take our shoes off. And we like <laughs> barely said hi to them, took a shower. All the water was like brown. It was, <laughs> it was gnarly. Uh, one of the best showers I've ever had. Yeah. That's the most rewarding shower you're going to get. That and they're like, I just have to go dip in this frigid river right now. And whatever. <laughs> we'll make it work. Um, let's see, Minneapolis was actually my birthday. I forgot I was there over my birthday. and So it was nice to actually like have a person there to, to be with. So I hung out with some of her friends during that weekend. That was kind of nice. Uh, and then it was just kind of like shoot across America. Um, so I want to say this is June 17th, 20th range. Uh, so I'm a couple weeks deep. And I just shot over to the Badlands of South Dakota. Uh, and the Badlands is gorgeous. I mean, South Dakota actually surprisingly has a, on the west side, has a very beautiful couple areas that are worth visiting. Um, you do have to go through about 300 miles of signs for this one convenience store. That is extremely disappointing. <laughs> um, and it's like a, it's a damn billboard every mile or two, I swear, over hundreds of miles. It's ridiculous. Uh, Waldrug, it's called Waldrug. I should have bought a shirt because it's like their most proud possession there i think um that being said badlands is gorgeous uh i can't even begin to exp explain it if you guys haven't seen it go google it right now it's a very unique space um it's usually very dusty and very dry but i actually happened to catch a storm and it turns into muck it was just full Gosh. mud while i was there uh uh, but it was cool when it was actually I forgot about this campsite. So I found this campsite that was basically so the Badlands are, are just an erosion off of like hills that are coming off of a mountain range on the west side. Um, and there it's just this erosion of many years. And so you basically it's a grassy hill and then it's just like all of this like dusty, crazy area that is the Badlands. Uh, I found a I found a campsite or lack thereof but open land that i could camp on on that hill so i just was overlooking the entire space that's which cool is, yeah which is really cool um I've, i you're gonna start to get into national parks i haven't been to but because i'm in the midwest i've been to these ones i actually drove through the badlands but it was at night and if you've ever driven through like an uneasy area at night it's like really eerie so I'm like, I'm driving through, and if you don't know what the Badlands are, it's it's almost like a, I don't know, uh, it, it's a bunch of like pillars, essentially, like these like weird mountains, real skinny mountains. 
And so I'm driving around and I just see these shadows from my headlights and, and like you got little steep cliffs off the side of your, your road. And it was so creepy. I was just like, get me to this campsite. I'm like tired. I'm going to die. I don't know what's around me. It's like aliens. And then like the next, yeah, the next day you see in the morning, you're like, oh, that's what I was driving through. What was I so afraid of? But like my mind at the time at night was just like playing mad tricks on me. Yeah, I can imagine there's absolutely nothing else out there. It's just these pillars and flat highlands. So random. And then you leave and it's gone. Yeah. Um, from there, where did I go? You're sitting there staring at photos, trying to rem- remember, aren't you? I know, yeah. We're, we're working on things. There's a whole photo of six tortillas, those six breakfast tacos. So I'm trying to remember what I was using those for. Um, Mount Rushmore is in the Black Hills. That's what that's what come. Those are the hills that are coming on the west side of, of South Dakota. Um, the hills are actually very gorgeous. I camped in there for a bit, did some biking. Um, I must have done a big hike because I tend to make a bunch of tacos and just pack a bunch while I do a big hike. But I don't have pictures of the hike, which is funny. I remember trying to go to Mount Rushmore. And of course, it's Mount Rushmore. There was a huge line. <laughs> and so I'm waiting in line for about an hour. And the clouds clear, and I could see them. And then I was like, check that box. And I drove <laughs> right up. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's good enough. Did you, um, were you allowed to let ducks into that? Like, did you have to just leave them in the car? So national parks, the rule uh, is you can have a dog on the leash like 100 feet from any parking lot. So basically, I didn't spend hardly any time in actual national parks unless I had a place to leave him or I knew the weather was good enough. And so I would kind of poke into most of the ones I went through and do the big sites and step out, take the picture, you know, the classic tourist stuff. Yeah, yeah. All my big, all my big hikes and, and adventures really were in kind of the, the national forests around it because there's not nearly as much rules around them. I guess yeah. did that cause any? I mean, you can get into this later too, but like, how was adapting to having the dog with you the whole time? I mean, you know what I found was, especially in the summer, and, and I'm not talking about like Badlands, but like if you think about Yosemite uh, and Yellowstone and these huge ones, unless you're in the very backcountry, it is not very fun. To go through those national parks i found you know it's just overcrowded there's like huge tourist bus everybody's jumping off with their huge cameras and you know you go out take the same picture and god forbid if there's an animal everybody's stopping it's just an annoying process so i didn't really mind not being in the national forest or the national parks all that much i found like what i really you know by this time i'm getting in pretty darn good shape um, so I found like my favorite thing was go find the biggest peak and go try to climb it and spend the entire day just hiking with X and bring a bunch of Which good doesn't food. mean much in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it becomes relevant as you get to Montana. You're prepping. West. Yeah. Which is, oh, not yet. So Wyoming, I went to Devil's Tower, which is 
pretty way out there it's it's very random it was like a, even for me on my trek it was i want to say a good two three hours out of the way each direction uh that being said that thing is wild uh devil's towers is, is worth a visit if you're ever around that area I, I don't know who's around that area but it's pretty cool so then after that i went to um wyoming and in eastern wyoming there's uh i think it's called bighorn bighorn wilderness it's actually a picture on the back of my wall now this is where i took this um i have a pretty crazy story from there so while i was camping here's a is a place i found an actual campground because i was getting tired of, of scrapping and smelling bad and um I was doing a cadence of about like every other day, every third day, I would do a big hike and then I'd have to rest for a couple of days and I'd go find some lake to chill at and draw and whatever hippies do. And, and I was chilling at the, at the campground, just, I think I was taking a nap at one point and something stirred me awake. It's middle of the day, probably three or so, whatever. And I, I, I get out, it's just me and Dax for taking a nap in there. And I get out of my, uh, I get out of my camper and, and I swear to God, like 15 feet away, there's a mama moose and her two cubs. And I had never encountered moose before, but you hear the horror stories. Um, and they're just chilling, grazing. Okay, actually, let me step back. When I stepped out, they were probably a good 30, 40 feet away. They were a little bit away. So they're chilling, just eating grass. And That's I was insane. like, okay, I got, you know, I got to sit here and like watch. But of course, like, I don't want Dex to wake up and like make a noise because they might kill us. So I just kind of like shut the door and I'm standing like right by my trailer. And I'm, I'm hyped. I'm like, adrenaline is pumping. I'm like, I know this mom would kill me in an instant if she sees me. And Somewhere in this campground, some motherfucker with a like probably a 250 or 2500 ram turns on his car and it is just loud and <laughs> spooks mom and her two cubs and they come running right at me. Oh and my god! I remember freaking out. Dex is starting to growl and I was like, <laughs> Dex, shut up! Like, shut up, Dex, shut up! And they they scoop. Uh, it's had to be 10, 15 feet away from me. I took a picture, actually, in the middle of it all. I took a picture, I like slam. I'm like sitting with just a crack of my door open, just in case they come this direction, I can just pop in and close the door. But I was like, I can't really, you know, I can't miss this. And so I got a picture of them running right by me. Uh, and that was one of the scariest, I think, encounters of the entire trip, uh, but also majestic. I mean, I, in Wyoming, you know, what I, what I learned was in North America, there's three different breeds of moose. And where I was was the smallest breed. And I swear this mom's head was at 11, 12 feet high. It was just massive. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> these things are majestic. Um, so that was just like I don't know, I almost feel like I'm boasting because every everything you're you're sharing is like just bringing up stories of of my life. I'm I'm 32 years old now, and we've done a handful of adventures, 
we just went to Alaska for a trip with the kids and got to see some moose there. And it's it's just like so hard to imagine how tall they are because you're seeing them off like a football eh, eh, football field length away, maybe half that, and they're in right. they're in the weeds. So like they're chopped off at the knees. I I can't even imagine seeing them less than 30 feet away how tall that might have been it was probably over your trailer by like a long shot oh big time oh yeah I, that mean, was, I think i probably stood at her shoulder you know and like those bodies are thick and then they have a huge neck and a giant head above it. that's really cool that's really cool uh, and like very close to nature i was spooked that was very spooked. I think it was a, you know, that was one of those adrenaline rushes that lasts a couple hours. Like, okay. Shut up, Dex. Dex, not now. <laughs> I bet, like, I'm surprised I didn't mention this to you at all, but, like, you didn't probably have any weapons or anything out, like, no bear mace, no, like, anything, not, did you? No, I brought a big Bowie knife <laughs> that I had had, um, and then I didn't buy bear mace until Montana. There you go. Because that's when all the locals are like, hey, actually, though, this is bear country. I was like, okay, listening. <laughs> um, which is. And you said that was at a campground? Is that what? Is that. You said it was a campground or like a BLM land? It was at campground. But it was, and you know, it's mid, I think it was midweek. It was probably, yeah, the Tuesday. Thank you, Google Photos. Um, yeah, I was there. I'm like, you know, midweek. There was no one there. I think it was one, one or two other campers in the entire campground. But also, like, I don't think this area is very well known. It was actually crazy because I was just driving up. My girlfriend uh, lives in Billings, and we were driving up there from Denver. And you're driving up 25, and I look over to the left, and I was like. Oh wait! I was like, "That's the corn wilderness." I was like, "That's the." Uh, I told my girlfriend, "I was like, that's the uh, the big, thirty six by twenty four picture I have above my bed." And she was like, "There?" <laughs> she was like, "I didn't even know anything was out there." <laughs> Nature. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat out there. So you went to Mon- you went to Montana from there, or yeah. yeah. Let me recollect. Let me recollect for a second. Oh, I actually went to Jackson Hole from there. So kept on in the in the Wyoming area. My family actually came out uh, and spent some time with me. That was my rest for the trip. I had my my parents, and then like shortly after, my brother. And so it was like two weeks of like actual beds, which was wild. So I was lying about my actual bedtime earlier but i think that was the peak um some good rest that's when i learned that uh national forest may not be my favorite thing because we spent a lot of time in the car basically just going around national forest but you see yellowstone and and uh, the tetons and you're kind of like oh these are incredible places um i have not been to either of those worth a go worth going i mean if you go in the summer just be prepared for a lot of crowds but uh i almost feel like that's what it is now period like after after COVID, everyone 
is like outdoorsy now and everything's crowded. Yeah. But that being said, like when we went to Pitcher Rocks recently, it was uh, not as popular as I, I thought it was going to be. The previous time was around COVID and it was it was nuts. We we camped in the woods on just state land because every campground in the world was was packed up up there. Wow. So yeah, everybody like got hype and then now they're selling all their outdoor gear because they're yep, yep. <laughs> coming back to life. Scoop it up, scoop it up cheap. Yeah. So let's see. I'm gonna probably skip the time with my family. They were great, but no crazy. Low quality family. Yeah, you know, it was just, it was it was wholesome. Wholesome. Joey's got a low quality family. We don't talk about them. <laughs> um I did when I dropped off my family, I spent a a very notable time on actually. Actually, what did what time. did they of like your whole adventure? Like what did uh I mean, I, I had my opinions. I was like very excited for you. Uh, I, I didn't like, what did everybody else think about you doing this? My mom thought I had lost my damn mind. <laughs> she, was, she was stressed the entire time. Um, they made me buy a whole GPS tracker. Uh, that didn't fucking work like at all. <laughs> fucking garbage, but you, you know, it made her feel a little better. I turned on my, my Google shared. So a few people could track me in case, you know, I just like stopped moving for a while. But hey, you know, they just they have learned to just accept the things I do. So they're like, all right, whatever. At least you're going back to school. My mom's always both of them are very supportive of anything. More degrees are always better in their minds. So they're like, well, at the end you go back to get your masters and you love that. I'm sure every stranger thought it was cool. I, I feel like all of our friends in Detroit thought it was cool but then again like i don't know some some of the people in detroit are pretty uh pretty homebodies they love their city life right i i think i was you know a lot of people thought it was cool but like nah i wouldn't do that myself <laughs> good for you not me yeah yeah um let's see so very notable space uh on the other side of I think it's called the Teton Valley um, from Grand Teton National Park is a very gorgeous area. Um, and there's a lot of BLM land over there. I think it actually runs into um, a reservation at some point. Uh, and I was kind of sitting right on that boundary. I actually ended up staying about a, a week there because it was just so gorgeous. I was sitting on top of a hill kind of overlooking the Tetons during sunset, you know, it's just, it was amazing and kind of speaking of people on the road so there was definitely a culture uh, and any anytime it was during the week you know during the middle of the week when everybody else was gone everybody that was out there you knew was on some sort of crazy trip and so i specifically remember this spot was always busy and i got to know all my neighbors um and there was like i want to say seven camping spots in the area that I stayed in for, for about a week. And the bottom spot had this big open kind of party hill that was perfect for everybody <laughs> just to go rally during sunset. Uh, and I got to know all the neighbors and we would just get drunk on this hill at night um, and do some kumbaya. I had my drum with me and it was the whole thing. Um, that was a gorgeous spot. Also some really good hikes out there. 
so anybody that is looking for some majesty, highly advised. And you, you had no timeline on anything. Like you just knew that you needed to get back within three months to start your, did you have an apartment picked out? I don't remember. No, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I can just live in the camper, you know, the trailer (laughs) for another month if I have to. Exactly. I was saving that story for last, but yeah, it was literally just. Oh well, let's not spoil it. Yeah, I was looking for a place while I was camping because I had no choice. Oh, well, that's hilarious! Right. So, like, I guess you said that you stayed there for a week. That, like, you literally just found a spot that you loved, and you're just like, "Nope, I yeah. need a break. I'm tired of the road." Yeah, it was. It was uh, party neighbors. It was kind of cool. It was just. If I liked the place, I'd stay there longer. And if I didn't, I would leave in about two days. I wasn't the type to do like an overnight. Oh, headphones are going out. I think this side is still good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, it took no, like a half hour to start this podcast, so. Uh, I expect some some road road bumps as uh, we figure out this ordeal. As we talk about road bumps on the travel, actually, pretty perfect. Um, but yeah, no timeline. I never had. I didn't want any sort of strict guidelines. The only thing is, like, I knew my parents were gonna be here this day, and I knew my brother was gonna come visit me a little bit afterwards. And I was like, well, I have this week. I love this spot. And so I just stuck around for a bit. And that's kind of how every spot was. Did you drop the trailer off at all and go drive around? Oh, every day. Okay. Okay. I think I think I ended up using I never really told of though, because I didn't want to know exactly the amount, but I think I ended up using some in somewhere in the lines of seven thousand dollars in gas. Oh. <laughs> it was wow. Every, you know, I would go, I'd find a spot, and then I'd place my trailer, and every day I was driving around somewhere. What mileage were you getting with the trailer? Uh, probably garbage. I oh, you, like, uh, you didn't have all the computers, so you don't even know unless you calculated it. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. But that was most, you know, that was like most of my cost. I was cooking everything. I had some really good meals. You know, like a great two burner stove, both my cast irons. I had a I had a full spice rack. <laughs> as a whole other, so. It was always the the cook when he lived with us, so uh, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, so I'd I give myself one meal in every city that I would go to, but other than that, I was cooking every meal. Um, so it wasn't besides the gas, which was obviously expensive. It wasn't too too bad. Let's see. From there, we go up to Montana. Um, let's see what we did here. And so I had I had a deadline. My brother was going to fly into Missoula, and he was going to come to me, come with me to Glacier National Park. Um, but before that, I hung out in the forest south of Bozeman, um, kind of by Big Sky area. Which is funny because I actually didn't even know Big Sky existed as like a snowboarding place, as like a resort. Yeah. I didn't know any of this area. I just kind of saw it on the map and I was like, this place looks gorgeous. 
Um, and this is where I ended up buying bear mace because I remember the first hike I ever did, it was like a, just a two mile jaunt, just straight up hill. So you could get to the peak and just overlook this area. Um, I get to the top and there's this old country boy who was young. I mean, he must have been like 18 or something, but he's just carrying the biggest 45 handgun I've ever seen. And I was like, holy shit, bro. <laughs> I know this is Montana, but like, what are you doing? And then he explained the bear situation and everyone around us was like, yeah, no, actually bears here. I was like, oh, okay. I'm ignorant. I've never been to Montana before. I've definitely never seen a grizzly before. So ended up buying some bear mace in that area. Um, gorgeous area. Go check it out. Lots of, lots of beautiful, um, uh, did you see any grizzly out there? I don't know if I've actually seen a grizzly bear. I did definitely did not see a grizzly, and I'm honestly very happy about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, would have been cool to note, but that's a little too. You'll uh, stick to your your moose uh, close encounter. Yeah, yeah. The moose was big enough for me. Um, I, did you like? Uh, you were talking about food a little bit. Like, I assume you got in a pretty good rhythm. You had a pretty nice cooler to make sure that you keep everything cold. Did you have two coolers? About two coolers, but one of them was kind of just dry storage. You know, actually, most of my spices lived in there. Anything that wasn't going to go bad. And then I had bought an Arctic for the real stuff. If there's one change I can recommend, I would have put just enough solar power in a small battery. To run a little in cooler chiller so that it so that I didn't have have to deal with, with all of the um, ice. Yeah, because I know sometimes we've like ruined meals, you know, not draining it enough meat. Yeah, uh, it's like waterlogging it. Yeah, uh, that's a whole thing in itself, especially because you were going in the summer. Yeah, and that thing will do good for a couple days. Uh, depending on how I stored it and where I was staying, but it was still annoying to deal with water all the time. Yeah. Um, but I got really good at cooking over fire, over my stove. Uh, I could make some pretty elaborate meals. I remember I did, a, I did some slow cooked ribs that I think I did for like six hours once because I just over had the fire. Time. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was cool. I had I have a picture somewhere. It was my big Dutch oven cast iron with the ribs in it, and then another cast iron with uh, I think we had a side of a bunch of potatoes and stuff that was mixed in. Just lay it like right on the fire. I mean, I we got to go. We 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 kind of boasted about your cooking, and like now you got to go into it a little bit. I got really good at building, um, building out the like square build. So that I would have a platform on top, or they call it the log cabin or something. So that when at least when it started, when it was like pretty fresh and nothing was like crumbling to pieces, I could just put my shit like right on top. Um, and then as it's breaking down, you basically start moving coal pieces to the appropriate places. And so depending on how hot I wanted my cast iron, I was either putting it right on top of those coals covering it with coals or vice versa i would kind of put it almost to the side and like bring the coals around 
I have a lot of time to play around with this, so I got pretty good. That's that's pretty cool. And yeah. like you, did you buy a full propane tank with the uh, the regulator so you could hook it up to your gas stove? I did. Okay. I kind of remember. I did. So I. Uh, yeah, I got an attachment for my camping stove. It was a two burner Everest series. Those things are fire. Shout out. Um, <laughs> I got a got an adapter for the full big, you know, propane tanks, standard propane tanks, rather than trying to use the little small guys. Which actually, like, I think I only had to replace it once the entire trip. So that was a great way to do it. It's a little dangerous thinking back because, like, if I had gotten a wreck, it might have exploded. But yeah. That's I mean, every camper ever carries their propane tanks on the outside of them. I think you're you're pretty safe. That's true. That's true. So I guess next stop there was Missoula. Picked up my brother. Uh, it was July Fourth weekend, um, and notable notable story there. Small but notable. Um, Montana's full of reservations. Um, it's got a huge indigenous tribe. Uh, population, many tribes, huge indigenous population. And outside of Missoula, they have a July 4th shindig where it's half classic rodeo, American rodeo, and half classic Indian, I don't know what they call it. I'm sorry. Um, and so you get one ticket and you get to go watch bull riding and then you get to go watch like classic dances. And I bought a fucking some hand-woven alpaca gear and like it was some it was tight it was pretty fun to see that those two cultures colliding in that area that's bizarre is it all yeah. within like walking distance of each other oh they're literally butted up next to each other so oh yeah God. you park in one parking lot i mean it's out in the field so you park in the dirt parking lot and then you go to the rodeo for a bit and then you go to your, your native american digs and that was there's a party on both sides and a good mixture of people on both sides. It was just really fun. Cool. Then did it you, was, did your brother know he was coming? Like, was he meeting you there for that? You were with your brother, right? Yep. He just wanted to meet you for 4th of July and it happened to be that location. Yeah. So I had planned, we had planned sometime during the trip. I was like, okay, I think I can actually estimate where I'm going to be. I was like, Glacier was always this like big goal in my mind because I had seen pictures of it and I was like, this area looks so gorgeous. I was like, let me pick you up close to there. We'll go spend the July 4th week out there. Um, and the funny thing about my brother is he's extremely not outdoorsy. So. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in New York for all, right? <laughs> um, no, San Francisco for 10 years. Okay. Uh, and the only time him and his girlfriend camp, it's very glamp. It's a you know a yurt with electricity, There's like real showers. So it's like they've done that a handful of times, and they don't camp. <laughs> so I threw him into the into the rough. I mean, we stayed at a yurt uh, near Glacier, so it wasn't too too rough. Um, but I got imagine you two snuggling on your your twin yacht. Or, uh, yeah, you're you got to do it. I taught him how to cook over a fire. I was like, "Look, man, let me show you. I'll treat you in the weird, in the weird outdoorsy way that I'm I'm living right now." 
Um, I mean, Glacier. There's not much you can say about Glacier. Just go. I mean, if you can't, you can't, you can't imagine what it looks like. Go out there. Um, there's one big, really famous hike that I think is about 11 miles. Um, it gives you kind of the crest view of the entire park, or at least let's call it one side of the park. Um, and it is just incredible. We actually, it was almost impossible because, of course, it's packed in the summer in July 4th. Uh, it was almost possible that you, you want to do it one way, which is you go to the very peak and then you take it and it's about 4,000 elevation down. We couldn't get to the peak, so we did it in reverse and it was about 4,000 elevation up and 11 miles. It was pretty rough. My brother was, a, he's a trooper. I mean, he was like running marathons at the time, so he was fine. But uh, yeah, we really, we really powered through. But you see some incredible views up there and the, the crazy like uh, glacier blue waters in some of the areas is iconic. I've not been to Glacier, so I have no idea what what to even expect there. Highly advised. Highly advised. It's incredible. Better than Yellowstone? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. But I haven't done anything in backcountry, so nobody judge me for that statement. Like, I had my dog, so I couldn't go do the big hikes, because I hear in the backcountry Yellowstone is really cool. I think my two favorite are Sequoia and Badlands, and I'll probably say that a lot on these shows, but like Sequoia was just, I don't know, blew my mind. And I know that trees. people talk up. What's that? Those trees. Oh, not even the trees, man. Just like, I don't know. You're just like, I'm driving up there. Like, you're just like, I don't know. You're driving this cliffside and you just go up, 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 up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And then the trees were unreal right at the top. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I've heard a lot about Glacier and I assume it just like is on par or knocks it out of the water. It's up there. It's definitely up there with my favorites. I think my peak, my, my two favorites are, are Glacier and Yosemite that I've seen. I haven't seen them all. All right, so after that, this is a long trip, so I'm going. How far are we in at this point? Let's see. Sponsored by Google Photos. <laughs> so that was July 4th week. Um, I'm going to skip to kind of my next part of the trip, so it'll be the second week of July, on July 9th-ish. It feels like a month and a half. Yeah. So we're a month and a half. I am fully ugly, bearded, haven't <laughs> trimmed at all. Have been showering. I shower every day. I was actually pretty good about it. Turns out those little black bags that you leave on top and you hope the sun is going to warm them up. No, don't work very well. So I took a lot of cold showers, but we got used to it by then. That's good to know because I've heard like we have a pop-up camper now. We have uh, we have two two young kids and we used to do the tent camping about the pop-up because it was like the next level up uh and there's no shower in there but i've heard a lot of good things about the the, the bag showers and you're telling me that even in the summer would, it's pretty cold you know it would get it to at best 
mediocre. You know, like it was like it was like a little not freezing. That's like pretty nice when you're out on the road for a long time. But you know, hot shower every once in a while. Very quality, quality thing. So my next area was I actually had two friends, uh, two of my best friends from Houston randomly had moved to uh, Sandpoint, Idaho, very northern point of Idaho. Um, there's like Lake Ponderay up there. And his, his dad had purchased a home up, up on the mountains up there. Um, and so I ended up staying some time with them. Uh, this is where the mama story comes in. <laughs> that's up, up to you, man. <laughs> you have to tell that's, now you have to. Yeah, I mean, everybody said it. It's the best. This is the best story of the trip. So, uh, be sure to judge Joey as a person after this. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. Um, I think it was pretty. It was. It was no noble. Noble. So, if we go to, to so we go to i got some creature comforts while i was there it was a little bit of a bed i think it was a couch but it's close enough um then we go to a brewery festival on the on the water one of the days and my friend worked at a bank and his co-worker's sister was a brand new mother of a baby of barely one, I want to say. Um, <laughs> and we kind of hit it off in the middle of, in the in the festival, and we're all leaving, and everybody's dissipating. And my my two friends, well, at least one of them, were gone. I was like, all right, we got to take homeboy home. He's gone. And I get a call from this girl, and she's like, hey, you want to keep hanging out? I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I'm fine. And so, um, wife was, I won't name anybody here. Uh, wife was sober. So she drove me to a very random gas station that we had agreed upon that she would pick me up on the south end of that. It's very, it gets very country, very fast. And she was like, here, just, we're going to a, a, a party at my friend's place. They got a ranch and, uh, <laughs> And maybe at this gas station, they draw me out to this gas station. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I get some snacks, you know, some some, some beer. And sure thing, she comes popping in her and her, and her son, and they pick me up, and she drives me to this party, and we hang out on her friend's ranch for a while, um, and you know, it hits it hits the time of the night where it's like, all right, is this gonna happen or not, and I just kind of really blatantly asked her and she was like, oh, absolutely. However, I live with my parents and so we can't go there. I was like, well, I'm staying on a couch with my friends so we can't go there. So I was like, let's find a motel. So we go to the city and I stopped, I swear to God, we stopped at five different motels. <laughs> Sandpoint is a very desirable holiday destination in the summer. And so none of them had space. However, there is a there is a ski resort about 30 minutes up from the town 
and I know they're just lodging up there. <laughs> it's like, all right, last ditch effort. Like, let me call. And they had one room left. And I was like, put my name on it. And so we, we drive all the way up this windy road of 30 minutes to this, to this resort. And we stopped and I was like, you gotta let me carry the baby in. And so I'm, I'm walking in this baby. Noble, as you said. It's noble. It's noble. Oh my god. I thought it was funny in my drunk mind. Um yeah, and we, we checked in, we act like we were, you know, a, a civilized family. <laughs> um yeah. That's so it was really not a family podcast. Um no I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no details. <laughs> so that's Northern Idaho. <laughs> and I got swiftly out of there. Uh, woke up with a really amazing view. You know, I had the whole like mountain view down over the lake. It was incredible, actually. A little icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. Most expensive place I stayed, but there was a free robe. So, you know, treat yourself sometimes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, from there, it was, let me just skip. It was basically a shot straight down to Southern Utah. And first of all, if you're going to go to Southern Utah, don't pick the back half of July to go to Southern Utah. It is balls hot. <laughs> it is insanely hot the entire time. However, um, I think I think my normal schedule would be basically I would wait until my cool camper was cool enough to sleep at like one a.m. and then I would wake up somewhere around four to go Ugh. out and try to get activities done before I got ninety five eighty uh, ninety five to one hundred and five degrees by like nine ten o'clock. Yeah, your camper had one vent at top. I guess it had your screen. It was literally a box like. I'm sure that was unbearable. It was. Was it pretty tolerable up until this point? And like, how was Dex doing? Surprisingly, the only thing I had actually run into was the opposite, where it was it was pretty cool. In mm. um, all the other areas, because um, I was I stayed north the entire time until this part of the trip, uh, and I think the worst was like you know there's a handful of nights that got into like the 30s, uh, but I figured out a trick where I could take this giant cast iron and I would just turn a fire on it for as long as it till it gets to peak heat and then I would just stick it in my camper close everything up and that heat would usually get us through the night dang that's a great idea yeah um thank you mechanical engineering I suppose there you go <laughs> there we go uh, so Let's see, I started on the west side with Zion. Um, I was basically camping on BLM land. That was not actually BLM land during that time. Uh, and I got driven up on in the middle of the night by this random dude on a, on a four-wheeler. And he was super nice actually he was like hey this is actually you know if you had kept going a mile or two like you're on the blm land but this is actually like 
I own this. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's kind of the, you know, it's midnight or something. I'm still waiting to try to go to sleep because it's hot as hell. And he was like, well, whatever. You want to come back to my house and hang out? No <laughs> so, way. I, I'm, <laughs> honestly, I'm honestly wondering if that was like, I, I went to Zion and we were camping out of our truck and it was like this rutted out road. You went up this hill and like, I remember there being driveways everywhere. And I remember looking at the map and it being like, okay, you're on private property, but it says up ahead that it actually breaks off into BLM land. I'm like, I'm kind of wondering if you might've been in the same area as us, but that was one of like the best campsites we had on our entire trip. Cause we were just overlooking the, you know, Zion. Uh, but anyways, he invites, you, he invites you up to his house. Yeah, so I ended up going to his house. The dude's like cooking dinner. He fed me, uh, and then he had you know a bottle of vodka or something. Turns out he was a lawyer from Vegas. <laughs> I totally forgot. So I random. Totally forgot about this story. Um, and he was he was definitely gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he invited me over because he was attracted to me. Um, but I ended up really hanging out with the guy all, you know, for most of the night for a couple of hours. And Just soaking his air conditioning. Gave me a lot of alcohol. Uh, fed me some baked beans, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, he had inherited it from his father who passed away. And he was like, I don't really know what to do with this. He's like clearly a city guy. He's like, I don't, you know, I just come out every once in a while and try to enjoy it. And I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he was he was attempting to grow trees, actually, like very water heavy trees in the middle of this land, which it does I, wasn't, I wasn't going to tell him wasn't a good idea, but you know, it happens. Anyway, uh, Zion's incredible. Go visit Zion. Um, I kind of skipped the rules, so I didn't. I didn't realize that that in the summer, which completely makes sense, you can't just drive into Zion with yep. a dog. Especially, um, you're supposed to take a bus, but that bus starts at seven. And like I said, I was waking up at like five to go do stuff before, and so I just I just drove right into Zion at six a.m. Awesome. with my dog. That's the move. It wasn't until, you know, I didn't like go do any hikes because I knew like the general rules. I didn't want to break any of those, even though no one was around. Uh, but the general, you know, it wasn't until I was, I was kind of at the, the end where there's that like, you know, the, the water part. the canyon. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I was just doing a little bit of it, whatever I felt was okay with my dog. And then I was coming back and the buses were starting to run. And then I started realizing like, oh, no one's parked in any of the like, parking lot and i was like oh well, i'm not supposed to be in here but it worked out oh you know i got to see a heck of a lot of zion that i wouldn't have ever because i can't even get on that uh in that area we went and we had to we didn't know about the bus thing we missed our chance to book it we were on no schedule so we didn't even know until we got there and so we walked in after realizing we couldn't drive in so we walked in and I was jokingly hitchhiking and these two girls picked us up they had a special pass or something Perfect. found out they were from michigan i'm from michigan 
they drove us like halfway up and then we ended up walking all the way to the spot you're talking about the narrows is what it was called yeah, yeah. um and we knew we had to walk back and we probably wouldn't get a ride back because it was only buses that far so we just went as far as we possibly could through the narrows before you know making a decision to turn around so that we could hike the four it was either two i think it was four miles back to our car yeah chelsea's piping in saying it was seven miles she knows what what story i'm talking about (laughs) oh my god yeah and like it was all buses nobody picked us up there was a guy that said like um hey if you're here my next round i will pick you up and we i don't know we weren't so we got back to our campsite at after dark uh but definitely worth it. The narrows work so cool. I, I wish we could have done the whole thing. Yeah, that's a. I would gladly go back to Zion. Zion might be on you know on the top three there. I need to go back and go actually do some hikes without a dog. Um, and without breaking rules this time maybe. Nope, I love that. Uh, that makes me so happy. You found a loophole around the. the <laughs> it turns out uh, you didn't hear it from me. But if you get there at 5.45 in the morning, there's no one at that guard gate. And you just drive right through. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I, I get it. Because if you didn't do that, then I bet that place would be annoying. It's very dense as it is. Yeah. So there's no way. And we, like, I don't know if those buses sell out normally, but when we were doing our trip, it was, it was during covid and yeah I, they were it was crowded and we were the ones that walked in um i think you can bike in too we saw people doing that that would have been smart but we did not have yeah. a bike with us i definitely saw that although you gotta you know if you do it too late it's already 100 degrees <laughs> it would still yeah. be pretty miserable but at least the way back you probably just stroll back nicely on your bike downhill yeah um i would like to mention so i went to bryce you know you guys go to bryce uh, i don't have any notable stories there it's gorgeous though uh, grand escalante national park is sitting kind of in the middle of that area and moab um, and uh, it is crazy i mean i think that was the only place in my entire trip that I felt like I could go on a hike and hurt myself and no one would even find my bones for like years. <laughs> like It's just massive and there's ravines everywhere and crazy beautiful, but like desolate, desolate. Um, there's a good reason it was protected at the time, I think is I think it's been kind of cut back, but uh, gorgeous area. Um, there's some beautiful, actually, waterfalls and, and uh, small rivers going through, and so that was one of the areas I got to camp pretty close to a river, so I could go and just cool my body off in the water, uh, <laughs> so I could sleep, which was amazing. Big fan. Uh, it was also the area I encountered a rattlesnake. <laughs> Um, which, you know, being from Texas, I, I probably should have encountered a rattlesnake in my life before, but I haven't. Uh, they're not in the Houston area, they're, they're out in West Texas. Uh, and this guy decided while we were, I was chilling at my campsite, 
um, and this is BLM land, there's no one around me, but I was chilling at my camper. Uh, this snake decided to come chill under my camper for the shade. Uh, yeah. And so I took Dex and I, I tied him up because he's like trying to get at this. And I was like, Dex, don't die on me. I need you, bro. Um, and he just started screaming at this thing because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't want to like throw something at it and piss it off and it would come and get feisty with me. So I just started yelling at it. Uh, didn't work. Uh, turns out you got to kind of just wait. <laughs> just kind of wait it out. And sure thing, after some time, I, I don't know if you got hungry or whatever, but he moved on. Uh, That's the closest encounter I've ever had to a rattlesnake. It actually popped up without me noticing it, which I guess is the point. They're pretty well camouflaged. But it was like, again, like 20 feet from me. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I just yeah, I just hopped away like a cute city boy that I am. <laughs> um, there's also a area uh, I'm sure in Arizona y'all might have seen the pictures uh, of like the really wavy canyons, Antelope Canyon. Um, look it up if you haven't seen it; it's gorgeous. Uh, I haven't actually seen it in person, however. In Gran Escalante National Park, there are a few areas that have smaller versions of that. And it's basically just like sand filled wind has just eroded this rock to where it's really smooth and like really sinusoidal to use a really nerdy term. Uh, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Very worth seeing. Um, Let's see. Went on to Moab. Go to Moab. You know, I don't have any crazy stories there. Arches. Deeping there, like, because uh, Moab is just like a massive off-road park. I did. Um, so off of Canyonlands. Canyonlands, kind of the national park, is up on the top of a on a big part of the canyon, and you're overlooking the Canyonlands, and it's really pretty. But you can also Take a drive down and it just winds down the edge of this canyon and then you drive uh, past kind of a beautiful horseshoe bend river um, and overall it's about a three-hour drive and you basically just end up back in the way i don't know what the drive is called but very incredible it was a cool experience um, incredibly gorgeous also, that rock is the stickiest rock. It's it's hard to explain, but if you're on a mountain bike, there's like angles that you never could climb anywhere else, but there you can because that rock is like sandpaper. It's wild. It's sticky. I heard stinky. I was like, okay. no, no, not stinky. Sticky. Good for grip. Uh, and then it was Colorado. And I had Colorado, and we're talking right at the end of July. Um, got in a Telluride. Hung out in Telluride. <laughs> I guess I do have one star up at Telluride. I went and, and camped a little in between Telluride and Uray. There's a mountain called Mount Sneffels. And I might have picked it because of the name. Who knows? Um, but. Know. The hike, the hike up to the top of Mount Sneffels 
is has three really gorgeous blue lakes on the way up. That's really why I picked it. Um, and so I hiked this whole thing uh, one day, and this is like a 15-mile hike. I think it was close to 5,000 feet of elevation. Most people go up, camp, and then go summit, and then they pack up camp and bring it down. You know. Um, but after two months on the road, I was I was kind of a machine, which was nice. So I could go and finish these things. I would just pack jars. What I do, you know, remember like the Smuckers peanut butter and jelly jars. I'd make oh, my own. And so yeah, yeah. And so I had like I had like little mason jars for some reason. And I would just mix my own version of those. And then I'd bring uh, I think for this one I brought a whole bunch of biscuits. Just because who doesn't want biscuits? Um, and went and did the whole hike. Took about eight, nine hours or something, came back. Um, and I took a nap. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to drive back. There's a town pretty close. And I was like, I'm going to go drive back to town. I deserve a damn six-pack. I want to drink some beer and just chill for the rest of the night. And at this point, I had gotten really comfortable driving off-road. And I loved to do a little fishtail while I was driving. And I did it, and I caught a rock on my sidewall, and I popped my only tire of the entire trip which um, <laughs> shout out to goodyear wranglers those are really well done tires we could put those things through the goddamn ringer and that was you know completely my fault um pull out my pull out, go to change the tire right and i uh, after an eight hour hike and a, a four four thousand yeah. ascend and descend and you get mad and like a you know a two-hour nap and so i'm like groggy and i'm like fucking exhausted and i'm just sitting out there and my my um my jack was rusty god damn it and i was like all right let me try this and so i jack it all the way up and i have you know i have big tires at 33s and so you have to extend to the very top of a, of a normal jack and it just falls over bends the entire jack <laughs> And I was I happened to be shirtless because it was just it was pretty warm and I was tired and I was like I'm not gonna sweat through another shirt right now. And so I wait for cars to come down this road and there's this like cute family and a civic or something coming down this road and I'm just probably looking like a fucking brute, just dirty and like I think I had a tire here and you were shaved in an hour or a month and a half. <laughs> Yeah, two months. Two months is two months. And I was just like, I need help. Good thing it worked. We made it. We made it. But I, when that guy, <laughs> kind of a little dweeby dad, popped out, and I was just like, look, I, I swear to God, I tried to be as like passive as I could because I realized as soon as his face, as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh, I probably look like I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> I was like, hey, I my I bent my jack. Can I just borrow a jack, please? I just want to change my tire so I can get home. And everything worked out just fine. But <laughs> that face is not to be forgotten. It was pretty hilarious. Can we take a picture? Sport <laughs> journal. Can I, sketch I, wish you? I, I wish I had that picture to share. Oh my god. And then I want to say. Oh, I got one 
one last good part. So wind our way through the mountains. Um, obviously, I stopped in a few places, you know, the notable classics, Breckenridge area. I think I was in Keystone for a bit. Well, I did go to a Keystone Bluegrass Festival by myself. Um, the ticket includes five hours of unlimited drinking from all the breweries, so I got absolutely smashed. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like sixty dollars or something back then. I don't know what it is now, but seventy. Yeah, that is so that's I a hope. steal. Thank you, Rod. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I definitely did. I drink a lot. <laughs> I think I got adopted by a Mexican family. It was a whole thing. Um, very cool festival, worth going. Um, but then, so when I get back, when I get into the Boulder area, it's like let's call it the first week of august and keep in mind i have i think it's august 18th is when i started school officially um and i didn't have a place to live <laughs> and so i as i did you know there's a town called netherland that's about 25 minutes up into the mountains from boulder it's a very beautiful town very affluent if you just look at you know what's being built now um and so naturally, as I do, I just found some BLM land around there, and I was just gonna go hang out while I found a place. Um, the BLM land around Netherland is full of ex-convicts, the oh. whole community. I remember pulling up, and I'm like unpacking my trailer, and like, you know, they look a little scrappy, but whatever. I've been on the road forever. I don't really fucking care what people look like around me. But every conversation was their time in prison uh, and et cetera. And all it turns out everyone that was around me that was just ex-convicts and they were just living free off the land out there. And this is now I found out it's kind of a common thing in that area. Uh, but I thought, you know, whatever, we'll figure it out. And so uh, I made some friends that day, just short, you know, short talks. I didn't stick around for too long. Uh, but I, you know, I talked to someone. I was like, oh, okay, these people are kind of nice. You know, give them a chance, whatever. Uh, I go to sleep in about 3 a.m. Shoot, a couple 30 feet from me or something is another campsite. And this, I just wake up to some blood curdling screams. And yeah, there's just some domestic violence going around. And oh my God. Yeah. The girl was like accusing him of slamming her hand in the door and he's accusing her of this and that. And it was just terrifying. So I'm, I'm up, I had my Bowie knife in my hand just in case. But I was like, look, I'm not gonna go be no damn hero. I was stuck in my I was stuck in my trailer. Eventually after much throwing up, like I hear, uh, they, I think they did fall asleep and shut the fuck up. I was like, what's funny is like people in the nearby camps, like we're all pretty packed in there. And the nearby camps are just like, shut the fuck up. Like this is just like a normal thing. And they're just annoyed. And I was freaking out being the pretty city boy that I am. <laughs> and, and when so, you were like meeting people at these random campsites, were you actually going up to them and saying hi? Or was it just like natural encounters? Like, hey, you know, setting up, I'm here. Yeah. A little of both i mean largely i'd be like setting up 
and they're kind of chilling in their camp and you just start kind of yelling across to each other. But yeah, at that point I was, you know, everybody on the road had been really nice and probably in a similar situation to me. So I was like innocent. Here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, you guys are probably high, even though I've heard you talk about prison. Um, so needless to say, I think I woke up at like five and I just packed up and left that area. Found myself a campsite, paid for an entire two weeks. I was like, I'm staying here until I find a spot because this is safe. And it was, it was very nice. And uh, yeah, I would go down to Boulder, get into a coffee shop and, uh, and scour the internet for leases until I finally found one about a week and a half later, I want to say. Did you, that, to, did you get to schedule, like, could you put the pod with all your stuff on hold or was there a date in the location it was going to show up to? The pod was just in like basically like month to month storage. And mm. I said, hey, tomorrow, you know, you can schedule it. It was pretty great, actually. You could schedule it 24 hours in advance and just be like, hey, tomorrow I'm going to be at this spot. So it was like one night of me and that place and then the pot arrived and then i was moved in and it was a very weird feeling because it was like i've been living in a camper for <laughs> 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 two two and a half months it's like i don't know what life is like anymore and then after all this because michigan has so much salt and snow and everything he sold his camper or his trailer for more than he bought it for yep i did recoup I think I had sold it for $2,500 more used in Colorado. My God, you made that much on it? Um, yeah. That's remarkable. Market here is just different. It built different. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is a wild story. I, I did not hear all of this when we had talked about this in the past. So, like, Definitely some good ones in there. I'm, I'm excited to share this with Chelsea and see what she thinks, and hopefully everybody gets a kick out of it. Um, I don't know. Like, we got to go into the Dex thing a little bit, um, but before that, like, I don't know. What did you do? You think you changed it all during this whole trip? What did, What did you come out of this with? And um, yeah. Um. Heavy. Heavy question. The no, he did not change at all. I didn't change one bit. No, the the feeling of of complete independence, complete freedom that I felt once I got comfortable. Like I said, I think it took about three weeks to get to where I was like in a routine, and I felt comfortable with what I wanted to do. That was untouchable. Um, and that's very, it's hard to, in day-to-day -day life to go search for that. But I, I, right. I find myself consistently searching for that. And it's not necessarily outdoors. It's not necessarily for like an environment. It's, it's just that feeling of like complete independence of like, I wake up and it's whatever I want to do on this day. Yeah, and it took you three weeks to do that. Like, I, I don't know, people, chase stuff like that on a weekend on a week night uh, you know a night and yeah. i don't know it's just it's hard to engulf in that 
Yeah, it was. Did you have service through uh, half of this? Like, did you have a hotspot or anything, or were you pretty much, you know, subject to the elements? I'd say most of the time on the road, I would catch it while I was driving. Uh, generally, BLM land, no. But I didn't really want it. Yeah. Right. I had saved all my tunes. And I was just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I told my, my parents where I was every time I was there while I was driving. I'm here ish. Good luck. Finally. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, check the check Google Maps. It'll tell you my location. Um but yeah, I did I do do want to reiterate, it took me three weeks and I don't think I've ever been able to like feel that again. Honestly, I don't know if I will, but I'm like at peace with that. Um it was definitely an experience that you don't forget. High quality right. fun. High quality fun. Uh, and yeah, you just never let go of that that kind of environment uh, and that feeling. Then you went back to the real life, found your apartment. You had your job. Did you? You had your college start date. Finally shaved. Yeah, I shaved almost immediately because I was like, "Oh my god, I look like shit." When I looked in the mirror again. <laughs> Did you even have a mirror in your? You no, press uh, camera. You couldn't tell what you looked like. Definitely not. The only mirrors I saw were in truck stop bathroom. <laughs> not pleasant either. Either direction of that side. Oh my god. Yeah, I hate. To, uh, I, I, I. We don't want to end on this sad note, but like you gotta, you gotta tell, tell the, the Dex portion of it. Absolutely. Um, Dex was a special boy. God, he was fucking awesome. Uh, we've touched a little bit on this. At this point, he was eight, uh, and he's a live pit bull mix, about 80 pounds. Uh, but just, I'll never have a dog like that again. He was just something special. He was so well trained, and so he loved, he respected me, and I respected him. And it was crazy to have a partner on a trip like that. And I actually don't think it would have been the same with a, with even a partner, you know, as a person, <laughs> as what Dex was able to, to bring me in that trip. Um, shortly after that, uh, he caught a crazy, wild neurodegenerative disease. Um, and within two weeks of, of getting diagnosed, he passed away. But... At this point, you know, I'm five years deep, and all I can think of is that dog has seen more things than most people I know. Most people, yeah. <laughs> you know, he did it. I mean, he lived. We'd go on 15-mile hikes. We'd go on 15-mile bike rides. This boy would just be fucking living life. He loved it. But yeah, this dog would do all that, and then he would just, like, sleep all day at home. He wasn't, like, hyper or anything. He was just, like... yeah chill as ever and then you throw him into an event and he's like sure i'll i'll run a 15 mile bike ride next to you yeah why not got some water i will always be looking for a dog like that again but i still haven't been able to try yeah anyway shout out to dex last shout out of the podcast i swear <laughs> probably not probably not, probably not. Well, i know i mean I is there 
Is there uh, anything else you wanna you wanna go on? This is this is kind of exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to hear about your your how unprepared you were for this wicked travel event. I, I think it's super cool. I I love the way you do it, did it. I think you were insane for how unprepared you were, but I mean, you're never prepared for something like this. There's always gonna be something that gets thrown in your face, and and that's the thing, right? You're signing up for the adventure. That's the high quality fun that we're trying to get at. That's a high quality fun. Uh, I guess the last piece of wisdom is like, you're right. You're never going to be prepared for something like this. Um, and it doesn't have to be some crazy travel. It could be a business. It could be something else. You know, it could be getting married. You know, you're never going to be prepared. And I think this gave me a pretty good insight into jumping off the cliff. And learning to fly on the spot and damn it was good <laughs> i love it yeah, yeah I, i've kind of found that with a lot of things we've done and with honestly with work it's like just start don't talk something to death like right have your idea do as much as you can just start you'll figure it out start recording a podcast um, yeah yeah i need to go around more episodes <laughs> no this has been good joey i appreciate you coming on and sharing your story obviously we haven't caught up in a while so this is this is super fun for me um i don't know i mean you're you're doing some some crazy city stuff if you want to you know plug yourself or share anything about yourself before we sign off go for um, it yeah i guess why not uh i'm a dj now uh i go under the the hashtag or the the app DJ underscore in sueño, E N S U E N O. It means in a dream in Spanish. Um, in the Denver area, um, look me up. We're throwing events, starting an entertainment company um, that we're trying to basically use all of all of the funding towards nonprofits, uh, just because we don't really need the money. You know, it's it's something that I'm doing for fun um that event that's called pin dropped um that's p-i-n-d-r-o-p-d and that's a that's an instagram handle as well please look us up please give us a follow if you're in the area or if you're not in the area and just curious what we're doing here you like three more followers after this yeah Woo. <laughs> all right man it was good talking to you hey man it was a great time i haven't reminisced on this trip in years so <laughs> <laughs>